welcome to the Point Being Podcast, the Arizona Daily Star's opinion page podcast. I am Sarah Garrigasson, your opinion editor, and I'm here with Eddie S- Edward Solaya. <laughs> good to see you folks, or excuse me, good for you to hear me. <laughs> and, and we can hear you too. There we go. Um, and uh, with David Fitzsimmons. Cartoonist should be heard and not seen. Mm. Do you get that a lot? Yes. From uh, chiropractors with bad perms and Safeway. No one specific I've run into recently. <laughs> you know, when I was little, I thought all dentists had perms. Really? Oh, really? Because the doctor, the dentist that we had, I was convinced had a perm, but my mom, not that long ago, said, no, I think it's naturally curly because it's gray now, but it's still curly. Oh, wow. is he still being a dentist? He too? is. Wow. In the St. Louis area. Well, this guy's got staying power. He does. Well, he sure does. <laughs> I hope he's purchased new equipment. <laughs> <laughs> that hammer vice just isn't working like it used to. Tie it to, the, to a string and <laughs> That's then it. close right. the door. Close the door. <laughs> That's right. Did you guys have the, did the tooth fairy come to you? I did. I had the tooth fairy, um, but we, I mean, you know, never more than really a quarter. I, I've heard of people getting like $5 bills and I'm like, where was that tooth fairy? Right. Yeah. Ours was the, uh, you know, lower, lower middle class tooth fairy. So. Yeah, I'm grateful the Tooth Fairy came to my home, but I was surprised because my father was homophobic. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I needed the money, so... One of my favorite questions to ask little kids uh-huh. is, what does the Tooth Fairy look like? Oh, good question. A, do any of them say Dwayne the Rock Johnson? No. Because he was in the... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, not, no. Not, not yet. Yeah, no, huh. it's... And they have all sorts of various... How the Tooth Fairy gets in. There was one little guy, uh, first grader I was reading with, who wanted to uh, tell me a story that he was working on, and uh, but I wouldn't see him for a week, so he said if he came up with the rest of it before I saw him again, he would tell the tooth fairy and tell and send the tooth fairy to my house. So I needed to leave my window open so the tooth fairy could get him come in and tell me the story. Mm. It That's made perfect sense. Mm. Sure. That the tooth fairy would be able to come and go, enter homes, yeah. leave mm-hmm. homes. Yeah. And yeah. and like other things that, that make perfect sense. Let's transition to talking about impeachment and the, uh, ah, Iran. Yes. Iran. Yeah, absolutely. Just as easily followable as the as the tooth fairy. I yeah. think more believable. The tooth fairy. <laughs> yeah, I believe more yeah. in the tooth fairy. Yeah. Gosh, um, are you saying that credibility is an issue in all of these questions we're going to be dealing perhaps, with? Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, it's. I think just on the Iran thing. Um, this is something of his own making, of, of Donald Trump's own making. I, I I really thought we were kind of at, not out of the woods with Iran, but that we were kind of making some sort of progress up until this administration. Uh, they saw Obama's name on a deal with Iran, and they figured that that must be why, you know, it's such yeah. a bad deal. Yeah. Um, yeah and it, now it, it, we're here at this point. Yeah, them. you know, uh, I agree with your narrative. I mean that that's that's the narrative I see, and mm-hmm. I I struggle to see the uh, narrative on the right, but I I just don't buy it. Yeah, the, the, this morning as, as I was leaving to come here, I caught a k- quick clip of Andrea Mitchell. You know, ah, a great journalist yes. for a bazillion years. You know, covering international issues, and she said more or less that she thought this president and his team of national security advisors are the worst that yeah. she's ever seen. 
I mean, we have so many vacancies, uh, Navy secretary vacant, uh, head of the NSA vacant. There's just so many of these acting um, lackeys, if you will, that I, I'm really starting to worry that he's just getting advice from these. Uh, he's The tooth fairy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more alarming is I read, um, I read a good thread uh, on Twitter about how Trump has really surrounded himself with a lot of the vets from this last Iraq war. And they honestly feel that the reason we didn't win in Iraq is because of Iran and that this is the moment now to strike. And uh, they use the justification of the, uh, of the protests two months ago against the Iranian government. Mm-hmm. I, I think the last thing you want to do is probably kill a national hero there and galvanize public support for that government, which seems to be exactly what they've done. Right. If you've so, written that down as a strategic plan, well, <laughs> unhappy faces. Yeah. Um, I, 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 this is all like a really bad uh, dream about Iraq, uh, uh, the second part again. I, I think it's a bad dream for Iraq. I think it's also a bad dream for the United States military. Yeah. Because we have a commander in chief who uh, condones torture, uh, who uh, pardons war criminals, uh, war criminals who pose with war dead as yep. trophies, uh, war criminals who torture uh, prisoners. Um, uh, he is a moral toilet and, uh, serving as commander in chief. I, I, it just boggles my mind how over at the Pentagon and the defense department, they're thinking about or dealing with this complete vacuum of strategy or moral leadership or any respect for the military code of honor. Mm. Well, Tucson's uh, an air force town. Yeah. We have Fort Huachuca, not that far away. Yeah. Um, are you hearing people talk? about Iran and what this could mean for the military in in our community? Do you get any sense? I mean, I know we have a lot of veterans who retire here. Do you hear anything or people talking about that? I see a lot of, and I think I saw a lot of it too when the Iraq War uh, 2.0. I mean, we've been at war. We've, this feels like an extension of the same war for the last 30 years, but I see a lot of the, uh, is there going to be a draft sort of uh, uh comments out there and uh, I mean, obviously, that was a joke among my yeah. kids i have teenagers <laughs> there you go yeah. Yeah. no you're not so i've heard a lot of that um and then on facebook and twitter i've seen kind of the the dueling narratives of yes we're troops and we can't wait to get out there this is what we were you know signed up for and then some troops that are back that have come back that are like well you know i really don't want to risk my life for something that isn't really for national security. That's, I don't get the sense this is des- for national security. You described a, a very reasonable divide, I think, uh, and a divide that might be reflected uh, in the public in general. First, you have the testosterone-sotted, gung-ho individuals who are willing to kill under any circumstance. Send me somewhere, I'll go have a great time. We'll yeah. go camping, we'll kill lots of people. And that's worrying on its own, you right. know, on its own right there. And then you have reasonable public servants in the United States military and their families who must be going through such uh, anxious, anxious times, uh, preoccupied with uh, the future health and well-being of their loved ones in uniform, particularly serving under the leadership under the quixotic leadership of uh, this incompetent uh, 
warlord we have in the uh, Oval Office. It's, yeah. So as for local, I really don't know. I don't. Me neither. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have a clue about what folks are going through locally, but I suspect that uh, uh, families of those in the military are going through some anxious times right now. Yeah. So where are we on impeachment? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I think the conversation now is uh, – well, I guess it might be defined by uh, Senator Feinstein, Feinstein, mm-hmm. Feinstein, critical of Pelosi for for uh, holding back. Yeah, Senator Murphy was as well. Yeah, yeah. where I can see the logic of holding – I see no reason to rush other than the concern about the uh, the Iowa races and the, and the senators who are in that race mm-hmm. not wanting to be on a judge or jury panel, but – I don't really buy that argument. I can't help but think that, you know, forgive me for uh, reducing it to this uh, uh, kind of uh, ugly political formula, but hey, you're going to be on TV every night as a judge and jury judging the President of the United States. Isn't that even better than being on a debate stage? But we'll say, I, I would think so. Um, I, I'm kind of split on this as well. I see uh, Pelosi's justification for holding the articles right now. Uh, Mitch McConnell has not, you know, um, he other than coming out and saying that he has the votes to start this whole start the whole trial to begin with without agreeing to when witnesses are going to speak or anything like that. Um, I think that the Dems kind of made a mistake, though, uh, on the House side, because a lot of this, a lot of the time they were saying that this is an urgent thing. This is something that, you know, we can't wait. And now it's kind of waiting. I think that. That's probably the – to me, I think that's the strongest argument I've heard out of Republicans and that, well, you said this impeachment thing was uh, was a matter of urgent security, you know, national security, and now we're holding it up? What You know, this seems like a political calculation. And it may be a very smart and actually, you know, like legitimate political calculation. True. Yeah. But I think that especially with now this, you know, perhaps becoming a wartime president – I think it kind of behooves the House to move quickly on this, especially if uh, John Bolton is willing to, like he's come out and said, willing to testify. Now, I don't know if the Republicans are going to— Yeah, who's going to subpoena him? No one. (sighs) Right. We need Mitt Romney and Murkowski to— Two more. If he's got the votes, yeah. Two more, yeah. If he's got the votes, then I just don't—I think— we're kind of at an impasse right now. You know, I, I am wondering, though, if the needle is uh, is going to be moved um, by uh, impeachment events. I, the day that uh, Suleimani was whacked, mm-hmm. uh, boom, I'm online. I'm checking out 538 mm-hmm. and a, a 538, uh, which is a uh, reputable uh, polling. Mm-hmm. Uh, found that a majority of Americans favored uh, an impeachment trial mm-hmm. and uh, also favored uh, gathering more evidence. Well, if that's the case, then yeah. I'm, so it's just, I think a, a majority of Americans now are like, well... There's something there. So, yeah, I think McConnell might be entering dangerous territory. Plus, I suspect that this recent Iran action... Uh, may strike independence as unwise and questionable. I hope. Um, just after having like lived through high school for Iraq too, <laughs> I feel like yeah. 
I feel like once once the missiles start flying, though, people kind of like are like, well, my country, love it or leave it. Like, you know, I may disagree with them, but gosh, we got to support our troops. I worry that that 5% of maybe swayable, you know, kind of voters may be like, well, I mean, he's protecting us from Iran. And I just I think it's such such a hard thing to kind of follow every day that they don't that a lot of people don't realize that, oh, yeah, this kind of all started with Trump backing out of the nuclear agreement. So, yeah, you know, I think Trump caved, honestly, because of uh, Iran's threats to attack Haifa Uh and the UAE. Because once they, they those were not uh, internal uh, Iraq targets; those are targets intended to to light up the Middle East, exactly, and to get everyone involved. And I think that's why uh, Trump backed off because I don't think I don't think uh, Bone Spurs actually mm-hmm. wants a war. No. Yeah. I mean, Neither does the Defense Department. Gosh. But I'm wondering what Sarah thinks. I'm waiting for yeah. her to woman explain it to me. <laughs> Um, I think that anything that gets uh, off the the talking about the impeachment is good politically for for uh, Trump. I did read a piece, I think it was in Slate, about the response of the Democratic candidates mm-hmm. to the um, Iran uh, blowing up. The, the general, yeah, <laughs> um, and so and it was basically about how Elizabeth Warren wasted the opportunity by talking about, um, you know, this is wag the dog. This is you got to question the timing. You have to uh, think about what he's trying to distract from, and it was all about that sort of political calculation. Uh-huh. Whereas Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Uh, gave a very eloquent and nuanced, and it reminded me of Barack Obama, sort of, here's why this matters, here what, you know, it's not a matter of um, timing, it's was this the right thing to do, mm-hmm. do we know enough to know if there was an imminent threat, no. and just <laughs> even just reading and, and then listening to them, two totally different sort of approaches, and I I really appreciated uh, Pete Buttigieg's. That's hard to say. It is. Um, headline writers are are going to have a problem. Um, but I judge. Yes. <laughs> um, but and I thought that was really interesting. And I'm curious how the different candidates kind of weigh in because, you know, if you're just sort of paying attention, living your life, you're you don't necessarily want to get into the weeds of the the history of it and the political calculations and all that sort of stuff i don't know that we want to hear that voters or i speaking for myself want to hear more about the he's doing this as a distraction rather than the what the hell does what happens now right Hmm. and what do we do yeah you know uh for those listening uh for myself, when I'm curious what I, candidates think, I, I, I follow them on Twitter, and that's how I have a, uh, a fair idea of what uh, Mayor Pete thought right. and uh, what Warren and Sanders <laughs> oh my God, uh, think. And uh, yeah, I agree with whatever that Atlantic author was uh, was saying. Uh, from what I've read, it's like, oh, when Mayor Pete speaks, it's like, hmm, that sounds like a oh my God, I almost want to cry. 
it's a reasonable voice, a calm, reasonable, intelligent, questioning voice. I think yeah. the other good thing about Mayor Pete in this particular situation is he is a veteran who yeah. served in Iraq. So he has... I mean, you know, it's one thing to be the politician that, you know, signs the whatever to to make it so, but to have actually lived through the war, to have fought in it, I think is a huge, huge, huge advantage for him in this point. And if he were to get the nomination for Trump, uh, to run against Trump, I think that his strongest points would be in drawing a contrast between his service and these sort of issues and Trump himself. Because it'd be, to me, it's real hard if you're a conservative to totally discount that. I think that that's where he can hit him the hardest. Oh, I wish that were true. <laughs> I so wish that were true. Because, you know, as a, as a liberal uh, who supports the American military, the, the Democratic Party's record on supporting the military, in my view, is far superior to the Republican Party's misuse mm-hmm. and disabuse and exploitation of the American military. Fetishizing of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly by, uh, you know, I think of uh, the uh, the Iraq adventure, mm-hmm. launched primarily by a cabal of chicken hawks mm-hmm. using American blood and treasure for, uh, I think, strictly uh, political ends. It looked like w- Without it. evidence. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if the wonderful folks who gave us Iraq are not the same individuals who are going to give us the oh, joy I, yeah. of Iran. I think they're ready to give us the sequel to the sequel. Yeah, and I, I can't imagine what the strategy would be. Uh, how how much money, how much human life, carnage would it take to subdue the Iranian uh, air force, the Iranian army? How do you occupy a exactly. nation like That's Iran? Like the subduing part might even be the easy part. I, I don't know how you would go about occupying and... And right. trying to re- rebuild, like it, it boggles yeah. the mind. How do you decapitate that regime without inflaming the populace? It's it's such uh, the 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 thinking of the Trump administration is so childlike, infantile. It's like I said before, it's testosterone sodded. It's mm-hmm. just agreed, ugh. agreed. Ugh. So, what are our letter writers saying about all of this? Ooh. <laughs> well, I think we're getting. A lot of uh, a lot of kind of what we try we're trying to illustrate here from the right. I see a lot of folks who think that, hey, Trump is just he he went and killed a bad guy. This is a a guy who, yeah. I mean, he is you know he he was a leader of the Quds forces. Um, how you want to kind of count the number of American lives he's been responsible for taking? He he's definitely you know the leader of that group. Right. Um, at that same time, against our fight of, with ISIS. This man was integral in in eliminating that that threat. Um, you'll I, I heard a great uh, interview on NPR today that said he is a really bad guy responsible for a lot of American deaths and maybe the most responsible person for kind of ending ISIS's reign. Nice. Um, they they you have to remember Iran and the Quds forces were no friend of ISIS to begin with ever. So it's kind of like. You know, we got rid of somebody who yeah. at the time was not, you know, he wasn't valuable to us, I guess. But there were there were points in our past where, well, you know, we may not have admitted to it. This person was working towards our interests, yeah. although it might have been Iran's interests as well. 
I think as I'm as I'm listening to us talk about the issue, I think this is why it's so difficult for the Democrats in this instance because yeah. it's complicated. The Middle East is complicated. Iran itself mm-hmm. is complicated. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a single neighborhood in downtown Baghdad is mm-hmm. going to be extremely complicated. That's kind of so. Michael Gerson, uh, he I, I believe it was either his or Megan McArdle's. Uh, uh, column that's going to be running in tomorrow's paper. That's pretty much what they're saying is, well, Trump, uh, you know, he did take out a bad guy. His message is also very simple. We're just don't kill Americans. We're just going to kill the bad guys, you know? Yeah. Um, And for a lot of people, that's, that's just easy to get behind. Um, And for the Democrats, like you mentioned, having to explain the complexity and having to, to introduce that, like, well, it's, it's not all black and white is not usually a winning strategy. Yeah. You know, anytime you have to start a sentence with, he was a bad guy, but... but yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's tough. But yeah, I see a lot of... I, I see a lot of from our conservative writers that um, Trump, he got rid of a bad guy. Iran has always been, you know, a thorn in our side. And he's drawing a real red line that if you, you know, hurt Americans, of any, you know, you're going you're gonna to have to suffer the consequences. And again, you know, to, to my primal, uh, you know, kind of reptilian brain, that, that kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. But <laughs> after living in reality the last 32 years, <laughs> uh, I've come to the point to realize that people, and when people make up systems, that those are not usually very simple. They're usually very complex things Yeah. Um, that if, you know, just removing the head of something doesn't make it go away. Uh, the Cuds Forces is still there. His right-hand man since the 1980s is now the head of, you know, in head of, head of this. Yeah. And they've got a, a, a great little martyr for the next, uh, I don't know, two, three generations uh, for them to kind of rally behind. And Good point. Yeah. Good point. You should write a letter to the editor. I think you should. I want to get into that. You got to come up with a good pseudonym, though, because we know who you are. Maybe Editor? Oh. Rawr, like Reptar. Oh, I like the idea of just Tor. T-O-R. The Swedish wrestler. The Tor. Tor. <laughs> Google Tor. Do you know me, Tor? <laughs> the Swedish wrestler. Tor was in uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. He was indeed. That's right. Yes, he was. I had a cat named Tor. I love Tor. <laughs> was it a big, big cat? It was a, it was a Turkish van. Yeah, it was an enormous oh, cat. Oh, wow. I yeah. love the, the big and fluffy. Huh? Huge thing. Oh, man. Left us for another woman. <laughs> the neighbor, Tor would come home reeking of cigarettes and cheap perfume. Oh, Tor. Feline floozy. God. So wow. get the heads. Get out of here. Go someplace else like Pima Canyon. Can't trust nobody. Though. <gasps> oh. What? Did I yeah. say something? We're, we're just... Tor. leave that one. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Plan now nine for outer space. Yeah. Ed Wood was a really good movie. That was a great. Movie. I've never watched. It. I've heard oh, it's you, great. I've heard it. Yeah, I've heard it's great. It again and again and again. Is that it, now? That's Johnny Depp, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When he was still Johnny Depp and not whatever Disney's made him into now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keith Richards. Yeah. Keith yeah. Richards. Keith, Keith Richards. Light. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. So, what are you guys up to this uh, this weekend? Ooh. I'm going to go to movies. You're going to I've movies. I've been going to movies lately, so I'm going to catch up. Gonna that's. See Parasite. Oh, I heard that one's really good. And I'm going to go see Jojo Rabbit again. You told me about that about a month ago. A month and a half, I think. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I need to go see it. A uh, German-born American friend of mine, Trudy Meckler, went to see it. We talk a lot about Germany and its past history. And 
she loved it. She thought it was a brilliant satire on the rise of the Nazis in Germany. And I thought, my gosh, if my good friend Trudy likes it, then it passes the it's, test. It's good there's no parallels. No. Nope. Just can see it as I like... I think that's why I found it so delicious. Blind, just, you yeah, know. Yeah, the parallels, and also it is a strangely endearing story because it's huh. about a little boy mm. who's a hardcore Nazi <laughs> little butthead. <laughs> It's a love story. All right. And there's a bunny, too. I'll have to nah, check this no out. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Me this weekend, I'm not going to be crashing any e-scooters. Um, <laughs> How's that wrist? It's finally starting to... I can do wrist rolls with it. And in my time in San Francisco, it froze up a little bit. But it's, it's, being, it's definitely not acting up as much now that I'm out of the cold air. Um, I will probably just... Clean up. I don't. I mean, honestly, clean up. yeah. I mean, bathe, shower, <laughs> clean my apartment. Uh, oh. Kind of get ready for spring cleaning. You know, get uh, ready for spring. Yeah, yeah. Get ready. Yeah. Get, I'm, ready. I'm getting ready. I am pretty much for the for the next two three months just saving up and getting ready for uh, uh, student loans to finally hit. So, oh, yeah, we'll have a party. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I, yeah. Awesome. So that's that's kind of my weekend now. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, how about you? Um, what am I doing this weekend? Uh, not really a whole lot of <gasps> anything. Really? Other than just, you know, home You're stuff. You're going to chill? Well, relatively speaking. You got yeah. lots of chores to do? Yes, I do. Oh, man. Yes, I do. Nice weather for doing Absolutely. chores. Oh, man, it is, the weather is just fantastic this time of year. I was a little freaked out driving in. 73 degrees. <laughs> 73 in February. I'm thinking, let's see, Australia. What's it going to be here in June? Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, no, no, that's, no. When it, that's when we separate the wheat from the chaff, though, man. That's when, the good, that's when all the good people rise to the top. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The heat, the heat makes us stronger. That's right. It does. Aww. All right. Well, thank you for spending your time with us today. We will look forward to hearing from you. Uh, send us letters to the editor at tucson.com slash letters and no yes yes yes, yes. Uh-huh. or tucson.com slash opinion opinion can, for an opinion piece way. yeah those either are longer way. letters to the editor are 150 words or less guest opinions are what is uh, it 500 words to like 650 i think yeah yeah, yeah. that's so, but so longer you can stuff then find everything we do at tucson.com slash opinion and send us uh either the letter to the editor or the guest opinion or send us snail mail. Snail mail. Yeah, I we love that. Snail mail. We Just don't put any. Put, don't put anything but the mail in there, guys. Come on. Love snails. All right. Well, thank you very much, and we will talk to you next time. Have a good one, folks. Hey, were these opinions expressed? Oh, thank you. <laughs> by thank anybody you. who other than us. Yeah. They, they reflect our opinions. Right? Oh, there are opinions. Yes. And they're they're not necessarily probably not those of the enterprise. Thank you. All right, Dave, have a good weekend. Yeah, have a good weekend, Sarah. Me too. All yeah. right, folks, have a good one.